Okay, good evening. Today we're learning Maseches Bavakama Daf Samach, and we're starting at the final mission on Nun Testament Bays. Um, the first uh, third of today is going to be a regular routine Gemara, and the rest is going to be Agarata. Yeah. Um, so let's get started. Eight lines from the bottom. We've seen this Gemara before. If I, as a, a Pikeach, if I give over a fire to a person who is either a Cheresh, a Shota, or a Katan, so the Halacha is Pater Bedine Adam Vichai Bedine Shamayim. Halacha is, sorry, I'm hiding over here. Halacha is that I was irresponsible, granted, um, but I'm Pater Bedine Adam. Bezdin cannot hold me accountable, but I'm Chai Bedine Shamayim. Akadosh Baruch will have what to say. Shalach Biyad Pikeach Pikeach. If I give the fire to someone who's a regular person, so then that person takes all of the responsibility for what they for what they have done. If I give anyone in this room, I'll assume for the moment that you're all pikrim, that you're all regular, uh, competent people. There are levels of competency also. The Gemara, the Mishnah doesn't delineate levels of competency. You're either a cheresh, a shota, a katan, or a pikeach. There's nothing between those levels. So the Gemara seems to say that the pikeach would be chayv the Mishnah. Then the Gemara quotes a, a din, the, a, the Mishnah quotes a din, and uh, for those of us who remember Masecha Shabbos, this stands in sharp contrast to Masecha Shabbos. Take a look at this. Echad hevi esaor vechad hevi esaitzim. The first guy, he brought a fire. Vechad hevi esaitzim, and the second guy brought the wood. Hamevi esaitzim chayev. The second person who brought the wood, he's the one who is held accountable. Or what if it's reversed? The first person brought the wood and the second person brought the fire. The latter person in all equations, whoever brings the final ingredient that therefore enables a fire to be built is the person who will be held accountable. So says our Mishnah. If another person came along and fanned the flame, so let's say you have a fire, and uh, I, I bring the fire, you bring the wood. They're sitting next to each other, but they are not connected to one another. A third person comes along with that like billowing thing that blows the air, and then he transfers the fire with wind from the fire source to the wood source and causes the fire. So the Gemara says the Malaba is going to be chayev. Lib saharuach. If, however, the fire transferred only because of wind, in that case, kulan piturin. No one was really the cause of the fire. That's already biad shamayim. We can't control everything. When do we say that you are going to be chayev with a chereshot of a katan? That's only true if you give them a gacheles veliba, if you give them a coal and you blow on it so that the, fa the fire can be fanned. Sorry, that's when you're putter. Um, um, if you give over an actual flame, right? Not the capacity for a flame, but an actual flame, the din is chayev. My time of why is that? Because myself kagarmulo, who's chayev the pikeach. I who gave you the uh, the tools for the fire. I'm going to be chayev if I gave you an active fire in your chereshot of a Yochanan he argues. Rav Yochanan Amar Afilu Masar Lo Shalheves Pater. Rav Yochanan is a big makel, and even if it were to be that I gave you an actual flame. Let's say uh, I have a kerosene lamp and it's lit and I hand it over to the chereshot of a katan and then they burn the city down. You're still pater. Why? Because Maisa of Kagarmulo, at the end of the day, the Cherishot of Akatan had to do a Maisa. It's a Maisa that I can't control. Maybe it's even a Maisa that they can't control. But it doesn't mean that I, as the Baal Ha'esh, I'm the, the I, the Bikeach, you can't say that I am going to be held accountable. My Taima, why is that? It's because Tzavsa the Cheresh Garmala, at the end of the day, was the movements of the Cheresh. Um, and that is what makes them accountable.
<clears throat> what are the conditions where Rabbi Yochanan would say that you're chayev? Can you give them gavza? Rashi at the bottom, bottom Rashi and Nun Testament base that says that gavza are kotzim. It's just dried wood, which is uh, we would often use to start a fire. You take small dried twigs; they're easier to light than the logs, and then they uh, in turn light the logs. Silta and shraga. Rashi says silta's etzim dakim, also small twigs, and uh, shraga is an actual candle. There we would say that the pikeach is the one who's held accountable. So various shitas here in regards to how we look at a pikeach giving over um, elements of a fire to a cheresh, a shota, or a katan. On Samech on the second line, the Gemara quotes it then in the Mishnah of Shalach Biyad Pikeach HaPikeach Hayev, like we saw in our Mishnah, that if I as a pikeach give you uh, another pikeach fire, so the halacha is that you the pikeach are chayv. Amar of Nachman it's like man the tani liba lo mishtabesh. For those who have the girsa in our Gemara of liba, so that's what we're talking about. Of the if you look four lines from the bottom on the previous amud in the Mishnah, it says ba'acher um, liba. This is the word that we're discussing here. So our Gemara says that if you have the word liba lo mishtabesh, uman the tani niba also lo mishtabesh. Both Lishonos are acceptable in our Mishnah, on that last line of our Mishnah, when it says, Ba'acher Beliba. Why is this? Well, Mandatani Liba Lo Mishtabesh, according to the Shita that says, like our Mishnah does, that it has the word Liba. So there you're you're fine and good. We see that the word Liba is connected to the word Esh, and therefore no problem at all. Mandatani Niba Lo Mishtabesh, and according to the one who holds, that the language is Niba, that's also not a problem. The creator of Niv Sifasayim, the speaking of the lips. And what this is referring to is the air that comes out blowing. That's air. And that's why the word Beliba, which means to fan the flame, and Niba both have the same meaning. Um, we never saw an, our Mishnah in any other form than this, but our Mishnah says Liba. But apparently there were other versions of our Mishnah that were Niba, and our Gemara accepts those Girsos as well. No problem at all. <clears throat> Seven lines down at the two dots, that if the wind comes along and transfers the fire from the fire source to the fuel, at the end of the day, the fire needs something to consume. So it was doing just fine. And then the wind showed up and it blew the fire onto the wood. And then the wood caused for the whole house to burn down. We said, Kulan Paturin. The Gemara says, We have a brisa, Liba, Vilipsa Haruach. Let's say that I'm blowing on the flame to transfer it over to the wood. I'm not a good guy. And at the same time, the, the wind was blowing as well. So, if the amount, if the strength of, of, of wind that's coming out of my mouth is enough to transfer the fire from the fire source to the twigs, then that would be on me. putter. But if it was not enough, if the wind that was coming out of my mouth, the air that I was blowing out, if it wasn't enough to bring about a transference of the fire, the halacha is putter. Asks the Gemara, why is that? After all, in the world of Hilchos Shabbos, we have a din where we see that if there are two things happening at the same time, my effort plus an uncontrollable effort, which was our case, Liba Vilibsa Haruach, where we said that you're putter, but we have a din by Zora, which is winnowing, and we've all seen the pictures of the you taking a pitchfork and you've cracked the, the chaff already, you throw it up, we want the the bad parts to go away in the wind, and we want all the good stuff to, to resettle. So the Gemara says, Amai, why would you be putter? It should be no different than when one is winnowing and they throw up the chaff in the grain with the hope that the grain will come back down and the chaff will blow away in the air. 
Well, that was a two-man job. I threw it up in the air, and then the wind took over. Over there, we have a din that you're chayiv for the role that you played in Zora. So why isn't that the same exact thing with the case of Liba v'liv Saharuach? So that's what the Gemara wants to know. Three answers, four answers, excuse me, <clears throat> until the Mishnah. They're all tightly packed over here. Here's answer number one. What were we talking about when we said that one is putter if, let's say, I'm blowing the wind and the wind also, uh, I'm blowing the fire to transfer over to some to some other source and it's also windy out. The case was, I was blowing uh, in the direction of east and the wind was blowing in the direction of west. So if you're blowing in the direction of west and that's the direction in which the fire transfers, then that wasn't me. In other words, we have a new kimta that we're able to determine that it was the wind uh, of, of outside and not the air or the breath of mine that transferred the fire. Rava Amar, 10 lines down, he says, no, kigon shaliba baruach metsuya. My breathing was regular breathing, but vilibso haruach baruach she'enu metsuya. I was just doing like, you know, gentle, uh, not enough maybe to transfer. Not enough. Masha'en came, the wind that actually caused for the transfer was strong enough. So let's, I'm just going to make this up. If the air that I blow out of my mouth is moving at five miles an hour, so it might cause for a flicker on the flame, but it's not enough to push the fire far enough. But in a Ruch which might be 20 miles an hour, that could be enough to transfer the flame. So that's why, according to Rabbi, even if they're both in the same direction, that's why you're putter. This is a distinction that we make all the time, but the Gemara actually gives language to it. Rashi explains this. We're not going to go into Rashi now, but just uh, good to look at. There's a difference between breathing like this, just exhaling, and this. It's a difference, right? When you purse your lips and you blow out air, it, you feel it much more as opposed to much less concentrated, much less of a blow. So that's what the Gemara says is the Tzamra Tzimure. That when we say that I, the Malabe, when I blow air out of my mouth to try and get the fire to move, if I'm only going like this, like an open mouth blow, which is not concentrated air, it's not even a strong push. So then push it, I'm going to be putter if uh, the air transfers because my wind is not strong enough to make that move. Um, and if that's up against wind that is strong enough to make to make the um, to make the fire transfer, then of course I would be putter because that's Rosh Mitsuya. Ravashi Omar, you got the whole thing wrong. The Marimakum you were asking from the, the case from winnowing, that case Shabbos, that over there was talking about I was talking about Shabbos because the Malechas Machshevas Asra Torah. Over there, I knew that I wanted to winnow. My goal was to winnow. Aval hacha, over here you're going to be putter because we have a rule over here of grama be'almahu, the grama benizakin, putter. Beautiful distinction. Cases are not shava b'shava at all. You have me blowing uh, on the wind in regards to nazikin, blowing the fire, and you have a ruach metzuya or ruach she'en metzuya blowing the fire. That's not comparable to the case of Zora. Zora is all about malachas machshavas. And I dafka wanted that to happen. If, of course, if you if you're blowing the fire and you're then you're a mazik biadayim. That's not grama. Then you're just causing a fire. That's very intentional. So the Gemara over here says your question had no basis. The first three answers engaged the question and gave an answer. Here uh, was it Rabzera Ravashi says nothing doing. The question is uh, not even a question. It doesn't even make sense. Can't compare Hilchos Shabbos, which is Malechus Machsheves, to grama binizakin. It's uh, apples and oranges. That brings us to yet another Mishnah, Baruch Hashem, a third of the way down on Samech HaMed Aleph. Let's continue. Let's say you send out a fire. It consumes trees or stones. 
can't really consume stones, but it can scorch them. Um, and that's uh, something that we see when there are fires by stones. O afar. Um, in all of these cases, the halacha is chayef. If you were sholeach that fire, right? You lit the fire knowing full well that it was going to burn that down, you're chayef. Shenemar ki Let's translate the Pasuk. When a fire goes out, it finds thorns, and it consumes a pile, or something very tall, or the field. In all of those cases, you have to pay. The Mavir the guy who lit the fire, is obligated to pay. I don't understand. Why does the Pasuk speak about four different examples of materials that are consumed? Just say anything you consume. So the Gemara has a lengthy tzrichusa. It's about 12 lines or so. Um, and uh, we'll stop about halfway through the wide lines with the tzrichi. It's pretty long. Uh, it is pretty easy, thank God. Um, and here's how it goes. Tzrichi. We actually need the Pasuk to speak about all of those, those cases. The of Rachmana Kotzim, if the Torah had only written about the case of Kotzim, about the thorns, Havamina Kotzim Udechayev Rachmana, no, only in the case of the thorns and the uh, the the bristly the bristly type of stuff are you chayiv. Because it's very common to have those where 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 people light fires, and it's commonplace for people to light fires in those places. So win win. Aval gadish, but when a person stacks up grains in a in a field, that's not a normal place for there to be fire. Nor is it common for people to light fires in their yards. I might have thought that the Gaddish would have been excluded. That's why the Pasuk had to go out of its way to speak about the Gaddish. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. Last on the, of the short lines. Because of Rahmana Gaddish, had it been that we spoke about only Gaddish in the Pasuk, only the case of something um, that's uh, piled up in a yard, are we going to have a chiyuv? Uh, because that's a considered a significant loss. If you concentrate all of your grains into a pile and you're a farmer, that's a day's work. That's money. That's cash. So that's a big loss. However, thorny bushes and thorny wood, maybe the Pasuk was only dealing with cases of uh, of muat, uh, of Maruba, excuse me, and not cases of Hefzid Mu'ad. So therefore, the Torah needed to include the case of Kotzim, thorns, to make sure that we knew that we weren't only discussing Hefzid Meruba, we were even discussing Hefzid Mu'ad. And then the Gemara says, Kama um, Lamali, why do I have to speak about something that's tall? Says the Gemara, Ma Kama Begalui, just like a Kama is something that is revealed, Afkol Begalui, this includes any item that is revealed. Interesting, why didn't we say that about a Gadish? Okay, I don't know, but that's what the Gemara says, that a comma was ex was extra to make sure we knew that even the hidden, that, that all non-hidden things are going to be chayv. Says the Gemara, that's a little... You're saying a comma is... Uh, what's a comma? A tree. Uh, you're just saying it's regular. Uh -huh. Does Rashi say this? No. We'll see in a minute. We're actually going to define that, that a comma is actually including things like trees. Um, so let's continue and we'll have a little bit more clarity. But I, I totally hear your response there. Well, the Rabbi Huda, in regards to the case of uh, of of things that are not galui, he holds that you're held accountable for things that are hidden. So then, kama lamali, 
Because then clearly Kama can't mean everything that's revealed and, not, and seemingly to exclude things that are hidden. That's not true, according to Yehuda. Says the Gemara, no, it's the Rabos. The word Kama teaches me the Rabos kol ba'ale Koma. To include anything that is a Baal Koma. Take a look at Rashi. Kol ba'ale Koma, where 12 lines or so from the bottom of the Rashis. Af ba'ale Chaim ve'ilanos. To include even animals and trees. That's what Kama comes to include. So we have Kotim so that we know that it's even by Hafsid Mu'a. We have uh, the second category was what? What did the Pasuk say? We have the Gaddish to make sure we knew that a Gaddish, which is uncommon, that's Chayv. And we have the case of Kama, um, either to teach us that all things that are revealed are going to be Chayv, or to teach us that all Baalei Koma are going to be Chayv. I have a Rabbanon, four lines into the wide lines of the Rabbos, called Baalei Koma Minalahu. According to the Rabbanon who argue against Rabbi Huda, so then how do they know about animals? How do they know about trees? Nafgalahu from the extra word me o hakama. From the extra word of o, they learn that that means that there's even going to be responsibility if that thing um, is uh, is for bale koma, for things that stand up. Yehuda o mi He says the word o teaches us lechalik. This is an important line. We wouldn't want to make a mistake in the pasuk and assume that the only time you're chayv is if you burn all of the items in our pasuk. Kotzim. Gadish, Kama. We wouldn't want to make such an assertion. That would be a perfect storm. You would never be high for lighting a fire if you don't burn all of those things. So that can't be. The word O teaches us that you're, that we're mechalek in the Pasuk. And if it's not the operator of this and this and that and that, but rather this or this or this or that. And therefore you can be high on any one of them. Great point. If you have the word O that teaches us lechalek, where do the rabbis learn this from? Says the Gemara, Nafgaluhu mi o There's another word o. Okay, well, if there's another word o, then Vareb Yehuda, what do you do with that other word o? He says it's actually not relevant. The Gemara says three fourths of the way down, 15 lines from the bottom, give or take. I did the Kasav Rahmana o hakama, because the Torah wrote o by the word hakama, Kasav it also writes the word o by hasode. But really, the word o is not meant for drasha. This is interesting. Uh, this is like I did the Tani X over here, Tani Y over there but we're talking about the Torah. Do we ever see this? I, it sounds very un, uncommon to me that we use this svara that usually we uh, usually when Mishnais were written with symmetry, it was specifically for the sake of memorization. It made it easier to learn. And this we see all the time in Shas. No, just because I did the Tana over here, X, Tana uh, Y over there. But here... It, it in this Masech, though? No, we saw that drasha. That drasha, it was the same exact argument of whether or not. It was it, it said it over there, too. It's just a very interesting piece of Gemara. I don't know. It's right. It's normally memory. Yeah, correct. But it's also only according to one Tana. It's only according to Rabbi Yehuda. Okay. Anyways, Lemaisa Sada Lamali. Let's continue. Why does the Pasuk say Sada? The Gemara says, La Asuye Lichicha Niro but if there was a singeing of the plow, and if there was a burning of stones, that those should be included in damages as well. Okay, so says the Gemara, why don't we be a little bit more lean uh, on the real estate in the Chumash, and just write, just write Sadeh, and you don't need anything else. So says the Gemara, Tzricha, we need the word Sadeh. Because of Rahmana Sadeh, if I only would have had the word Sadeh, only that which is in the field is going to be held account, is going to be a chayev. 
for the fire that you lit, but but for something else that would not be true, kamash malan, that we don't make such a distinction. That's why we had everything else listed to say that it's not just sadeh. Sadeh may not be inclusive enough. It may not include kama. may not include gadish. What if you don't have a gadish in your field? So we wouldn't have known all of the cases without this. Therefore, we had to say all the cases in our pasuk. Now let's turn our attention to some divrei agarata. We're about 12 lines from the bottom. Amr of Shimon bar Nachmeni, Amr of Yonasan. Ein pur anus bala olam, elabizman shaharishayim ba olam. The only time we have bad things happening in the world is when there are bad people in the world. And when those bad things start to happen, they start with the righteous. Ve'enum ascheles, elaminat sadikim tchila. It starts with them, meaning they're the first people to feel the pur anus. We'll discuss why this is true in a couple of lines with a very important hashkafa. Um, a shocking a little bit of a Hashkafa aspect, which we'll see soon. And how do we know that this is uh, true? From the Pasuk that we just spent time analyzing halachically. When does fire come out? When we have thorns. So the Magmar's mashal is that thorns are Rishayim. Only time we have Kisei Tzei that is when we have thorns, which are Rishayim, and that's how we know that when there are Rishayim, bad things happen. <laughs> but the fact that the punishments always start with the Tzadikim is because the Pasuk says, and the Gadish was already consumed, past tense. The Ochal Gadish lo Neemar, and it will eat, and the Gadish, that which collects all of the grain, is the Talmud Chacham. What a fascinating mashal. Is that the one who collects all the grain, L'chorah, the comparison is, Ein Kemach, Ein Torah, Ish, even if not exactly that, but the same idea. The one who has collected all the grain is equivalent to the Talmud Chacham. And that was already Ne'echal, it was already consumed. We therefore see that the good guy in the Pasuk, which is the Gaddish, um, gets uh, hurt first, and the Rishayim get hurt later. Tani Rav Yosef, my dechziv, what does the Pasuk mean when it says, This Pasuk is a Pasuk from Sefer Shemos, which was talking about the story of when Hashem was Pasach They were told not to go out in the morning. Why couldn't, until the morning. Why couldn't the Yidin go out of their homes? What if they needed to make a jewel run at 3 a.m.? sure we've all done that a couple times. Huh? This guy's great. Uh, you're 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 earning your keep here," says the Gemara. The reason why the Jews couldn't go out was Kevan Shinitan Rishus Lamashchis. Once the Mashchis, the destroyer, namely once the Malach Hamavas has Rishus to be Mashchis, Eno Mavchen Bein Sadikim LeRishayim. It's terrifying. It's it's a scary idea. And uh, just thinking back to what Klal Yisrael is going through now in Eretz Yisrael, a lot of uh, righteous people were were killed, innocent children. But that uh, not only does that happen, that we have to be careful, and that's why the Pasuk says we can't leave our homes on the night when HaKadosh Baruch Hu was poseach al bote abosein the Mitzrayim. But the good people, the Tzadikim, were hurt first. And Emar, Vichrati Mimcha, who comes first in the Pasuk? Tzadik v'rasha. So we see from the Kadimus in the Pasuk that the Tzadik gets hurt first. Bachi Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef cried. Says the Gemara, Kule hai nami la uh, uh, There's nothing that these people are worthy to be compared to. Why, the tzaddikim? Why? Why are they getting hurt here? Why is that happening? He was he was crying about it. 
Amar Abaye, who was Abaye to Yosef? He was a Talmud. So the Talmud responds to the Rebbe. Amar This is good for the Tzadikim. Because the Pasuk says, Because of the bad, Hashem gathers in the Tzadik. Rashi explains what this means. The last Rashi on the page, So that they are, should not see what's going to be happening down the road. The like pain with Abba Marine. The what? Passed for uh... the Kibshan? No, 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 with Asa. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. So, therefore, I didn't know what you were referring to there. That makes more sense. So, that's what the Gemara means is that when there is a tzaddik, because the Kodesh Baruch Hu didn't want the tzaddik to experience the bad things that were coming around the bend. So, Kodesh Baruch Hu took them from the world first. Interesting dynamic. It must have been after Rav Yosef had already lost his memory. Because otherwise, why was Abaye giving a response to Rav Yosef like that? Usually he answered what he taught. Yeah, Amr Slan Rebbe, yeah. Shtikul Kasha, I don't know if I'm right. Very good question. I don't see any, anyone talking about it. What? Amr Slan Yeah. Uh, the way he answers is not not solid. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. It's just uh, it's it, it's very weird. Okay, Amar Yehuda Amarav, turning to the top of Samachamid Beis. This is a good. I got it to Gemara. You can look at it and tell it's an I got it to Gemara. A person should come in, Rashi highlights, from travel when it's Kitov, which is a reference to the Pasuk of Kitov by Or, meaning you should end your end your travels while the sun is still up. You should start and end your travels while the sun is up. I don't know if this is Lamaisa, or what are we worried about, Mazikin? Okay, the dangers, fine. Uh, ask your local Orthodox rabbi if you're allowed to leave after Shabbos to drive to New York, all of those kinds of things. Fine. The Gemara on Samacham and Beis continues three lines down. Tanu Rabbanon, Dever Ba'ir, if there's some type of plague in a city, Knes Raglicha, bring your feet inside. Shinemar, Batem, Osetu Ishmi Pesach Beso, Ad Boker. The Omer, the Pasuk also adds, Lech Ami Bab Chedraich, you should go into your room, Usigor de la Saich Ba'adech, and close the doors behind you. That's Pasuk number two. Whenever we see Ve'omers, we almost always ask why. We're going to do that in a minute, but we have our second Ve'omer. Ve'omer, and over here, the Pasuk says, Michutz teshakel chereb. Outside, there is a, a sword. And in the rooms, there's fear. That's what the Gemara says. Asks the Gemara, my Ve'omer. Why do we have three Pesukim to speak about this idea that when there is Dever Be'ir, that we need to be indoors? Says the Gemara, because perhaps you would have thought that this only applied at night, I'll be a mama low, but it doesn't apply during the day. That's why Toshma, the Pasuk says, that second Pasuk teaches us that it's not just at night, it's even during the day. And you might have thought that this is only true. When there's no ema inside the house, but perhaps if inside the house where you're hiding, there's a lot of ema, there's a lot of fear, then then maybe it's better to go sit among other people and not to be lonely and to have some uh, some friends with you. Tashma, that's where we have the next pasuk. 
even though in the privacy of one's home, there is some type of fear still. Let's remember that there's still people swinging knives outside and you should stay home. I'm sure this Gemara was quoted during the pandemic about the Dever and stay at home. I'm sure, you know, the, the hardcore pro-maskers were probably quoting this Gemara mm-hmm. right and left. I actually didn't hear this quoted in that context, I don't believe. They're still wearing uh, the masks. They're still wearing the masks, yeah. Uh, maybe they hold that the Dever the Dever is still applicable. Gemara says, uh, 12, 15 lines down, Rava be'idon rischa, when there was some type of rischa, when he felt that there was anger in the world, he would go hide inside and close the windows. Uh, there might be death in our windows, and that's why you should close the windows, seal the windows. If there's a famine in the city, you should spread your legs, meaning, what does that mean? It means you should go travel. Go find some food. What are you going to do? Stay at home and wallow in pity. You got to go find some food. That's your responsibility. You got to take care of your family. Go do it. Ve'omer, we also know another pasuk that teaches us that of Raglecha that you have to move your legs. You want us to die over there from the famine? Get up, go, get a, go, find food, go figure it out. My ve'omer, why do we have the second pasuk? Because the Gemara says a third of the way down. When is it that we say that this is true? It's only when there's no suffix nefashos. nefashos. Lo, I might have thought that if there was a suffix nefashos of leaving, meaning if getting food requires me to traverse a suffix nefashos, I might have thought you're better off staying put and not chasing food. If we live, we live. If we don't, we don't. And therefore, we see that you're supposed to push through the safek pikuach nefashos in order to get food. Hard cheshbonos. Hard cheshbonos. But that's what the Gemara says. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis taught us almost halfway down. Dever uh, be'ir. We saw this idea already. If there is dever, if there is some type of um, uh, plague in the city, al yahalich adam be'emsa haderech, a person should not walk in the middle of the road. Because the Malach HaMaves is the one who walks in the middle of the road. He's the one who walks in the middle of the road because he has Rishus. Because he has permission to kill. So therefore he's, uh, he's the king. He's walking out in the street in public. Um, and uh, therefore he can just walk openly. But if it's a shalom your scenario, if it's a peaceful time, if it's not a war time, so then al yahalech betzidei drachim. Then you forget about avoiding the middle of the road. That's where you should be walking. It doesn't mean middle of the road, middle of the regular thoroughfare, not where there's traffic, obviously. But when it's shalom, you shouldn't walk betzidei drachim. You shouldn't walk in the alleyways to cave in the last leveshusa because since the malach hamavas doesn't ever shush to kill, it hides in those places and chases after you, and that's what you want to avoid. Anurabban and the rabbis have taught us on the first of the middle with lines. Dever ba'ir, if there is a famine in the city, al yikonis adam yochid you should not be uh, the only person in the shul. Shemalach hamaves mafkid sham kelav. That's where he leaves all of his um, murderous utensils. That's only true in a place where children don't learn Torah. And velomatsu be'asara, in a shul where there aren't 10 Jews. That doesn't apply to our shul. We're allowed to be in our shuls alone. There's no concern about the malacham aves because we have a shul where there are plenty of children who learn. Like this young, he's not even a child anymore. Uh, but it means, I think, it probably means more like um, 
father-son learning type of, uh, that's Dardiki, it's like classroom children. Maybe it really means like kids sitting in in uh, the base Medrash like they would all day, like Zilberman's, you know, they'd sit there, Zilberstein's, Zilberstein's, where they would sit, huh? Zilberman? Yeah. But they would sit and memorize Psukim and Mishnais. It almost sounds like it's in real time. Like you shouldn't be alone in a base classes, no? I, I I thought like that the first time I read it, I did, but I don't think that's what it means. I think, and it also wasn't the way that Rabbi Resnick framed it. He said, if it isn't a place where children learn, I don't think it was. If they're, they're learning, you're not involved. So yeah, it has to be the other way. It has to be. there with you, even if you're learning alone. What? Yeah, but the, no, but in a show that doesn't have Dardiki, and if a show that doesn't have Matzle Be'asara, you're not allowed to be there, even with the Shechina. It's not allowed. Okay. What, what it has kind of to be. doesn't have. I understand the definition of yeah, understand. so it, it means for example a shul like, we would call them like, like a dying shul like yeah that. no like it's a real shul but it, for example it's not in use anymore so let's say you was i mean it just isn't the case but when uh when uh, young israel of west rogers park closed they sold it but had it been that that was sitting dormant you should not go there by yourself that's what it means no children learning there and just giving that as an example <laughs> <laughs> is it either or it, it says villo it's not oh i don't know if that's uh you can be medag like that i don't think that's an appropriate do but it's probably either or but i'm not really sure what issue we're trying to solve by saying either or so i don't know i have to do more research here okay if you hear dogs crying it's not a good sign if dogs are playing, which is a very interesting uh, indicator because we typically assume that dogs are and all the other uh, fun things we say about dogs. But nevertheless, it's a, it's a, it's a remez that is coming. That's only true if dogs aren't uh, joyous for the opportunities to mate because then their, their is, a, is a different lens and not about Eliyahu Navi. Yasi Ravami Viravasi Kame Nafcha. They were sitting in front of Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha. One of the Talmidim, uh, we have Ravami and Ravasi, Mar, Amar Le, said to his Rabbi, said to Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha, let's talk in halachic learning. Umar, Amar Le, no, I want to learn Agadita, I want to learn Dvar Mamoshchen Asalev, I want to learn the uh, these kinds of Gemars, like the ones we're learning now. So Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha was Pasach Lemeimar Agadita. He was opening his mouth to teach an Agadita. Why didn't he listen to the first person? I don't know. He listened to the Agadita person. Below Shabik Mar, the Talmud who wanted to learn Halacha stopped him. He said, Rabbi, no. Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha, we have to learn Halacha. He's like, okay, fine. Pasach Lemeimar Shmaitza. So he started talking and learning. And the other guy stopped him. Below Shabik Mar. Amar Lehem, the Rabbi Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha says back to Ravami Nervasi, I want to give you a mashal to show you how, how difficult you're being. What are you two similar to? There's a man who has two wives. One of the wives is younger, dark-haired. When the wife, the other wife, is an older woman with white hair. His, his wife, who's very young, plucks out all the white hairs. She wants her husband to look young. Zikena, but the older woman wants her husband to look old like she is. So she's Malaketes Lo Shoro. She plucks out all of this man's black hairs. Yeah, and what's he left with? Old. Absolutely nothing. Says the Gemara, Nimsa Kerech Mikan Mikan. What? What? Uh, yeah, according to some, our show has a lot of uh, bald people who are young, you know. <laughs> I just wish everyone was here right now, you know. <laughs> I do. It'd be nice. 
<clears throat> so that's what the Gemara says. And this is basically Musr, is that you guys are not letting me teach any Torah. Okay? You're being so difficult. Let me just talk and learning. Stop it. Amar Lahen, then he finally decides to say the, to do the following. I'll give you a vort that can be understood in both halachic ways and agadic ways, and no problem at all. What is that? That, of course, is our Pasuk from our Mishnah. That's uh, when the fire goes out um, on its own. What does this mean? It's a fascinating Gemara. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I hold some responsibility for the fires. I, Hashem says, and the one who started the fire in Zion, that fire came out from Zion and it consumed its foundations. So fine, so we see that in the future there will be fire as well. And the Gemara then says, Shmaitza, what about the halachic pieces? Pasach akasu mamon. Interestingly, the Pasach starts out with nizkei mamon, of my animals causing damage, and besim benizkei gufo, and finishes, the Pasach concludes with me, the Balabas, doing damage. <laughs> so says the Gemara, why did that happen? Says the Gemara, Lo marlach, to teach us a side din, the fact that we had the Pasuk speaking in two frames. One is a frame of Nizke Mamona, where my animal causes damage, and the other is the frame of Nizke Gufa, where I, as a human, cause damage. That teaches us that if I let my animal go, I'm held accountable, and if I cause the damage, I'm held accountable. A long Pasuk over here. The Pasuk says, David. David had a desire. Who can give me water from the water pit in Beis Lechem that's at the gate, at the open of the city? Oh, so then three, um, three servants responded. There were three people who ran through and they collected the water. So the Gemara assumes that this is not literal. The Gemara assumes that he was asking a Shiloh. That's what the Gemara says. My What was the question that David wanted to know about? So where do we see in the Pasuk that he had a question? Well, since the whole Pasuk is a mashal, just look back at the Pasuk. Who's going to give me water? What's water? A Maim Torah. So he had a Shaila, he had a Kasha that he wanted to ask. The question that he was asking was about Tamun Be'esh. If something is hidden, what would be the Din? By fire. Ike Rabbi Yehuda, do we pass like Rabbi Yehuda that you are going to be held accountable because Tamun Be'esh is Chayiv? Or do we hold like the Rabbanon that you're Pateran Tamun? So that was really his question. Upashtule, my Pashtule. Whatever the answer that they got from traveling through the Plishtim to go ask a Shaila, they got. Doesn't matter. The Gemara doesn't even discuss it. Rav Huna Omar, Gedishim de Seorin de Israel. So all, all of that was approach number one of the Pasuk, which is the approach of Tamun Be'esh. And we'll come back to all three of these answers, but that was answer number one. Here's answer number two. Rav Huna Amar, Gedishim de Seorin de Israel Habu. Let's assume for the moment, says the Gemara, that Gedishim, this was the Shaila that David was asking. There are piles of Seorin, of barley, that belong to Yidin. The Habu Mitamre, Plishtim Behu. And there were people hiding in them. There were Plishtim hiding in the Gadish of Seorim of Israel, of a Jew. Become a baile. And the question that David was asking was, Mahu lahatil atzmo b'mamon chavero. 
am I allowed to burn down your pile of grain that has a plishti in it in order to prevent me from getting hurt? Says the Gemara Shalchu the rabbis in the Bezdin responded, really in general, in general, it's forbidden. Uh, it's forbidden to be matzal yourself by, by burning down your friend's property. You, David, are a king. You can do whatever you want. So that was the Shiloh he was asking was about whether or not I can burn down your field in order to kill a plishti who's hiding there. Um, and answer number three as to what the question was of David in the Pasuk, the Rabbanon, the Tema Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Bar Mori Amru, um, they said, G'dishim in the Israel Habu. Correct. There were piles of barley that the Jews had. Ugdishim de Adashim, there were piles of lentils depleted. So what was the kasha of David in the Pasuk? Six lines or so from the bottom. The question that was being asked was like this. Mahu litol G'dishim shals oren di Israel. What about the following? Are we allowed to take seorin, barley that belongs to a yid, litain lifnei behemto, in order for me to feed my animals, almanas l'shalem gedishin shel adoshim deplishtim, and I'll pay them back with the booty, with uh, that which I take from, from the goyim. They have adoshim in their field. So Shalchulei, the Bezdin, wrote back to David, and they said, Chavol ya yashiv rasha gzela yishalim, that it's considered that you're still a rasha, even if you're gzela yishalim, even if you're giving back what you sold, you're still not a good guy. Even though you're paying back, and that's actually a mitzvah d'oraisa, it's what the classic example of a lav hanitak le'aseh, of an iser d'oraisa that's connected directly to a mitzvah saseh. It's an iser d'oraisa to be gozel. But if you're, you are gozel, then we have a din of heishivis ha'gzela asher gozel. So that's what the Gemara says, that afapish ha'gzela m'shalem rashahu. However, aval ata melech ata. You're allowed to do this deal, where you're allowed to give your animals from the seorim of the yidin and agree to pay back the yidin with the adashim of the goyim. So the Gemara says, you're the king. You're allowed to do whatever you need. So the Gemara now poses four questions. We're actually going to be stopping at the next Mishnah, which is about a quarter of the way down. That's all good, Michael. It's all good. We'll get there. That's a lot of Torah. So it's a big Masechta. <laughs> so the Gemara says as follows. Let's ask a few questions. I understand the answer of Ichlufe, the third Shaila, which is the Shaila of the Rabbanon, of am I allowed to take someone's Gedishim and replace them with the lentils of a Goy? That's because we have one Pasuk that says, One Pasuk there talks about lentils. And another Pasuk says, I could understand if that was your kasha. The psukim there make perfect sense. Three lines from the bottom. That what if what we're discussing is burning the person's field, which was one of the three answers that we saw. So there the Gemara says, Then if that's what the Pasuk is talking about, then why do we have one Pasuk talking about Adashim and one Pasuk talking about um, Seorim? So Amar Lach, we could have argued that the plishtim were hiding in, in, in both places. They were hiding in the uh, adashim of Jews as well, as well as um, uh, as well as in the other material, which was the adashim and no, I just and the seorim. Thank you. So therefore, not a problem. 
Uh, and then question number two of the Gemara is, I understand that in the second answer that we had said, uh, in the name of Rav Huna, that the Shiloh was about burning the field, the Pasuk says, That makes sense, that Pasuk speaking about a field being burning. But according to the third answer, my Vyatsila, what's the Vyatsila? All we're talking about is uh, is two people swapping materials. So it shouldn't have been that way. So says the Gemara, no, that we're talking about a case where there was nothing to pay back. I only had the case of me burning the lentils. I didn't have the opportunity to give back uh, to give back anything else. So therefore, no option. And the third question on the last line of Samech Hamid Beis, the Gemara says, Bishlamahani Tarte answers two and three. I understand. Both of those answers require the Psukim, one about Seorin and um, and one about the other material. No problem. That makes perfect sense about the uh, Adashim. Ella, turning to the top of Samach Aleph, according to the one which is answer number one, who says we're talking about Tamun, what do these psukim help us? They don't help us at all. So Amar Lachi would respond that when it comes to Tamun, he was saying that there was a double Shiloh that, that David was asking in the Pasuk. One was about something that's Tamun. Can I burn down someone's uh, property in order to kill someone who is Tamun? And one of the other types of uh, one of the other answers that were given me baile, come baile. That's what he wanted to know, and therefore the psukim do make sense. <clears throat> and the last question is Bishlam Alamando Amarhani Tarte. I understand answers two and three that were presented at the bottom of the page. Some he didn't even want to drink the water afterwards, which is a mushal to say that he didn't even want to listen to the psak. Amar he argued kevan isura lo nichali. Even if fundamentally there is an iser, so he said lo Even though he was a melech and he was allowed, but it wasn't comfortable for him to do something only because he had had executive privileges. He didn't want to flex that muscle. He only wanted to do things that were right. According to the first answer that we saw, that we were asking about something that was hidden in a field, in a gadish michti, we have to analyze. What do you mean you're not listening? You asked a shaila, you got a psak, you should be mekel. We should be following the psak of the rub. So then, therefore, my low of Adavid Sosam. Why didn't he want to drink the waters? Namely, why couldn't he accept the psak? Says the Gemara, he could accept the psak, but the low Amrin He he didn't say it in their name. Amar he had a tradition. He had a masora from Shmuel that anyone who tries to get themselves killed because these people ran through the plishti camp to find out answers to these halachic shilas, and they do so al Torah. We don't say the halacha in their name. What does the pasuk mean when it says vayasech osa lahashem? This is a pasuk in Shmuel as well. Um, and there, the, that's really the end of the Pasuk, that he was Vayaseh Chosam Lashem, that they were anointed uh, toward Hashem. I could understand answers two and three about the Seorim and about the uh, Adoshim, no problem. Um, those are being done for perfect reasons. That's why it was Osam Lashem. What is he talking? What are you talking about, Hashem? What does that even mean? We're not even talking about that. Says the Gemara. What he meant in the name by saying was that he did so quoting it from the Gemara, although not in a specific person's name. We'll stop right here at the Mishnah. That's a quarter of the way down on Samach Aleph Aleph. Wishing you all a beautiful night.